Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Hello and welcome to the School of Laughs podcast. Rick Roberts here today. And with me, I've got Paulina Combo. I always say Combo, then I hear it introduced in open mics as Combo. No. <laughs> you know Paulina from a previous podcast where she popped in, and uh, she's got all kinds of cool stuff going on. She's going to go full-time into comedy really soon. The, the clock is ticking. It started at nine months, and so you're hoping by the summertime to be out there doing it. That's right. And uh, she's got a podcast, too. We'll talk about that where you can kind of follow her journey as she starts to downsize things, looking to getting RVs and fifth wheels and all those kinds of things, and uh, take to the road. So we'll talk to her in just a second. Uh, I forgot the last episode, I believe, to read off an iTunes review. So this is from Home Skill of Bisquick, and it says, uh, if there's another comedy podcast with the tools, interviews, and help that Rick gives, I haven't found it. I never miss a show. No matter where you are at in your comedy journey, this is a podcast that's a must listen that's from Corey clark out in san diego california that's thanks great. Corey, man home skill of bisquick i like your little itunes name there that's cool hey if you want to send an itunes review it keeps me fired up keeps me pumped up uh you can do that by logging on to itunes do it on stitcher send any questions you have to school at gmail.com now back to paulina paulina uh Reset for the people that maybe didn't catch the last podcast you were on. You started doing comedy in... Was it November of 2011? So oh. I just had my four-year anniversary. Okay. In, the, in that four years, I know for a fact that you've put on a ton of shows yourself. Was it two at a, two a month at one point? Or did it get up to three? At one point, it was three a month. And that's when you had me on before about how to put on your shows. Right. And so now I'm producing zero shows and focusing on how to make this my life and how to make money off of it. Right. And so you have, currently you've got a job. I have two jobs. Right. Tell me about those for a second. So um, my main job that I was have been working for the past four years is that I take care of my little brother who has Down syndrome. So we we work on social skills and things. And that was that was paying my bills and letting me focus on comedy. A lot, but you know, I was I wasn't able to pay off loans. You know, I have student loans from undergrad and graduate school. I have a house, I have car payments. You know, I've had all this debt, and I'm thinking, I how am I going to be able to go on the road and be a full time comedian when I have all these bills that I have to pay? And so um, that's when I got an opportunity about a year ago to get another part time job. It was at a, a college that I used to work at here in Nashville, and they offered me a part-time advising position, and I wasn't sure. I was like, oh, you know, I'm not, I don't think I want to be in that office culture. I don't want to be just another office drone and take all this time away from my comedy, but then I realized it would, if I'm already able to live off the money that I'm making, then I could put everything that I get from this job into savings, into bills, and so that was the plan. And so you were able to pay off some debt so far, or how many, like, I've paid off how much almost, has that shrunk down? Yeah, I've paid off almost all my student loans, so oh, that good. was a lot. I can't wait to see the the tax return this year from all the loans that I paid off, right. because that's so much interest, right. you know? Yeah, interest is a, is a silent killer. It is. But, but yeah, so one of the realizations that I had for 
the reason I started the nine month process was I I was getting a little bit frustrated. I didn't feel like I was getting any closer. You know, I felt kind of ostracized from my local scene. Like you had that, that episode about that. I'm thinking I don't fit in here. I'm not getting gigs all over the place. Like, what do I need to do? So, um, I realized I had nine months left on my contract at my job and I thought, okay, this is it. I have a set amount of time and a set amount of money I'm going to be able to make and I got to make it worth the while. And, um, so yeah, I just started putting everything that I made into, uh, paying off my debt. And then I was thinking to myself, how am I going to keep myself accountable to do Mm -hmm. this? I thought about doing a blog or, uh, YouTube videos or something. But then I remembered, oh yeah, I worked on a radio show for a year and I learned how to edit audio. I should do a podcast. <laughs> uh, so, so that's what I decided to do. And, you know, rather it be something boring where people are just listening to what I'm up to, I wanted it to be where every episode is helpful to anybody who's trying to reach this crazy out of control goal that they don't know where to start or where to get there. So that's every episode I talk to experts or I talk to people who are already doing what they want to do and they give me advice. And I've learned so much from talking to these people. It's insane. A lot of people who've given up their whole livelihoods, like a lot of them have kids, they have these great careers and they say, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to work for myself. And they just give it all up. And it's crazy. And I, I've listened to it. It's called Nine Month Drive. If you yeah. want to look for the, the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, it's Where, I do mine through Podbean. Podbean, okay. Pod Bean. okay. Yeah. So you can check that out. And I'll link to it in the show notes. Yeah, I've listened to a couple episodes. I was on one of them. Uh, yeah. With a couple other people, uh, giving you some tips. It's great. Uh, the one I listened to that I thought I enjoyed the most for some odd reason was the the guy talking about the RVs and the fifth wheels and the campers and the and the all it, yeah. the tag along. So like she gets in there and she's I don't know how you mic these guys up, or but they say he sounded great, and he's oh, giving okay. you all these tips on you know if you want to have this kind of drive situation, you got to get this. A fifth wheel <laughs> goes in the back of a truck, and you know some things that I, I one day I want to get a little camper or something too. You know when my kids a little bit older and we'll go travel the country, but uh, it was really cool to listen to that and uh, other insights too. You're getting all these different angles. Uh, was it your aunt that was giving you some tips on? campgrounds she, she was yeah that, that was the same episode my aunt had lived in a huge fifth wheel with slides so it's it was basically a full-size house right. where they park it but yeah she lived in that for 18 months with her husband and she was able to work remotely out of that so um you know i was just asking her advice you know tell tell me the downside to living in an rv what am i going to hate what do i need to be prepared for so she did that and uh, she's she's a character. She's from East Tennessee, so everybody loves her. <laughs> yeah, she she's had a lot of a lot of flavor. Yeah. <laughs> and so, how's the plan? Is just from that particular part of it? Are are you looking at a specific camper now, or, or are you going to do a different route instead of well, traveling that way? It's no, I still I'm dying to get an RV or a camper. Actually, RV is more. People understand RV more, but what I'm actually going to have to get is a travel trailer. Right. And that's something that just hitches onto the back of my SUV. So I've just upgraded from a little Volkswagen Jetta to a Volkswagen Touareg. And I did so much research to find out this is literally the smallest vehicle that will tow the most weight. So okay, it good. tows 7,500 pounds. And uh, it's it's amazing. I had to look everywhere for them because they're hard to find. And I finally got one that I could afford. So yeah, at this point now, I can if I find a camper that I like 
and I can go and buy it, and then I can tow it back home. And so that was the problem before. If I found a camper, I had no way to bring it home. Right. right. <laughs> so you need to go to Indiana to Tom Raper RV. Okay. There, and, uh, <laughs> it's just over the Ohio line on the east side of uh, Indianapolis. It was like the biggest camper place I've ever seen in my entire nice. life. Yeah, they used to have – their billboard campaigns were just ridiculous back in the day. I'm sure they're <laughs> still up there. So that's cool. And is that is – that, uh, car you got the suv is that a diesel or a regular gas or it is uh gasoline okay which yeah. is great you know if you're starting comedy right now it's almost like when i started comedy gas was like 89 to 95 cents a gallon when i started a buck 40 buck 50 it's depending nice. on your, it's not bad well i don't know if you remember too but i did look at some diesels and uh, Volk- volkswagen had some issues with their diesels not too long ago about cheating on the emissions test oh yeah yeah so, you know, I didn't really want to get a diesel. Yeah, Volkswagen. A, lot of, a lot of recalls going down. <laughs> yeah. Now, as far as getting some gigs lined up, I'm sure people listening are like, okay, she's going to quit her job, pay off her debt, but you still got to get the gigs. Uh, yes. How have you been starting to introduce yourself to booking agents and doing audition sets? What, what's going on in that process? Yes, that's definitely a process. So some of the things that I have in my plan are I did do a couple of festivals last year hoping to get you know, noticed by bookers. Um, one of my big things that I'm kind of putting a lot of eggs in that basket is that I'm trying to write a one woman show mm-hmm. or one person show, if you will. And I want to market that to colleges, college agents. And so hopefully if that goes well, you know, if I write the show and I can put it in festivals and hopefully get a college agent, then, you know, that might be enough to keep me afloat mm-hmm. and keep me going from place to place. Um, I'm also trying to put together a compilation album, not a live album, just stuff, some of my favorite stuff because I do, you know, the sketches and the storytelling and the stand up. So I wanted to have a little bit of the best of all those into a little album and hopefully get those out on Sirius and Pandora mm-hmm. um, and get the royalties from that, which I don't know. We've talked about that, right? Sure. We've, we've had podcasts about that. And um, let's see, what are my other money making things? I mean, just in general, like. I've just been selling everything and downsizing and trying to make cash off of that. Um, I made these silly things where, cause I have a sewing machine and it's a American flag bandana that has yarn braided on both sides uh-huh. and I call them Willie Nelson braids. That's, that's exactly what I was picturing when you said that. Yeah. So um, I just, I sold some of those when I went to the Willie Nelson show back in September, I think. And then I put it, I just put it on Etsy and I've sold a few and then I got an order for two thousand dollars. Oh wow! <laughs> so I had to make all these willy braids over Thanksgiving break, and then you know that was like a huge chunk out of my debt. It was crazy. Yeah. And so y- uh, yeah. yarn's not that expensive to buy, right? It was super cheap. Yeah. It was. <laughs> it was insane. Yeah. Like people were making fun of me. Like you said, you were going to make money off of these willy braids, and you've made like almost three thousand dollars off of. <laughs> well, here's your next one, Bob Marley braids. Right. Yeah. You know, the, put in the little colors of the jamaican the flag dreadlocks, and yeah. then the dreadlocks and uh, just keep your eye out for anybody that's got some big flowing hair <laughs> keep it going so you've got uh you've got some ideas lined up you've got more festivals you might want to get into and, oh, yeah. and keeping track of those and we need to do a, a podcast on festivals i'm not um really intertwined in that thing since i do a lot of corporate events but you know there's like 85 100 comedy festivals now they're all over there are so many and yeah, I mean, I don't know if we want to get into that for this podcast, but I would recommend because you have to pay to enter festivals and you might not get in and you don't get paid when you do a festival. So it's 
it's uh it's coming out of your pocket so you got to be smart about it i only apply to festivals where i have friends who live in that city good idea you know so i'm visiting with them i'm staying with them and then i have built-in fans to come and see me at the shows and that looks good at the oh, festival yeah, yeah. yeah anytime you got people showing up for you but yeah that's really my only advice i'm i don't know how to trick to getting into them or anything like that <laughs> well i think it's a you know for one with with so many of them out there pick places like you say where you can go and affor- affordably go that have the most return for your investment of time and dollars you know places where you would like to be booked back mm-hmm. by bookers who are in that area those kinds of things um but yeah festivals are definitely an interesting part of the comedy landscape and one that i really haven't explored too much i've done a couple and um, sometimes you do get paid if you're on some of the shows, but yeah, most of the times when you're trying to get in, it's like a 25 or $35 submission fee. And sometimes it's just that and a link or that, or you send in a DVD or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll definitely do a podcast on that sometime soon. Cause that's something I want to learn more about. And honestly, uh, when I did the festival, I did one that you went to, I think you went to the, the laugh fest, laugh fest up in grand rapids. I went maybe the year before you were up there, but I got to hang out with a lot of comics, which, for me, when I do corporate gigs, doesn't happen. Oh, yeah. So it was like kind of like being back on the road with people you like to hang out with. And I was in like the clean comedy group with seven other comics. So we all had similar interests and similar approaches to comedy, but eight completely different styles. So now I know seven other guys I can recommend to go do a show. If somebody calls me and I'm booked, I've seen them go out there and just crush it and get to meet all those people in that situation. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, we will definitely talk about that in a future podcast. That was great. Oh, and then to kind of about how I'm going to make money on the road and get out there. I mean, of course, I'm still sending, um, you know, emails and videos out to bookers. Um, But then another thing is to just put on your own show when you go into these other towns. Like if I'm going to be passing through a town, I might contact any local comedians or local bars in the area and say, hey, can can I put on a show? You know, can you get some people to do this with me? And then basically – you know, you can either take up tips or just try and sell your merch. So that might be your gas money and your food money for for that day. Sure. Yeah. If you've got a travel day, put on a show somewhere along mm-hmm. the way. Again, meet some other comics. And, you know, whenever you're working with comics and you see their entire show and they see your entire show, it's, it's pretty much like a snippet of your life. Because most mm-hmm. comics are talking about themselves on stage and you get to know the persona of the person. And that's just an easier way to start networking. <laughs> Instead of just calling up somebody, can I buy you coffee for an hour and let's talk? Put on a show for two mm-hmm. hours, and you'll know everything you need to know about That's the person. That's really true. <laughs> you know, so it's it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's a great way to expand your network, which is really important. Have you talked to comics about, you know, hey, would you bring me in as your opener or mm-hmm. bring me in as your feature in different clubs? Have you kind of gone that route yet? Not, not very seriously at this point because I am still several months away. Um, but but yeah, that's something that I'm looking looking toward. Is saying is. Making sure I do well when I other com- when other comics see me. Oh, sorry. Will you edit that? <laughs> Where I just stammered all over the place. No, you're fine. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I am making sure I'm taking every opportunity to get on stage super seriously. Everybody who sees me, I think, okay, this is an audition for somebody who, who goes out on the road. And so, yeah, hopefully that I do well enough that when I ask them to put in a good word for me or to bring them on a show, they'll, they'll be able to say, yeah, no problem. That's great. And then you – I don't know how many – gigs you've got lined up in the hopper but you know when your nine months ends ends you know it can take nine months to a year right. to get in with some of these clubs and some of these different one-nighters even so have you have you started booking a few things already have you got I some things? have emailed a couple of people but talking to you now i think maybe i should 
I would start definitely start emailing more. Yeah, you know, because a lot of even one nighters and stuff from some of the the lower level rooms that are a little bit easier to get into, they're usually booked two or three months out at oh, least. Oh, that's true. And so I would start looking now and just telling yourself like, all right, because you you won't be. I guess on your days off, you could still be watching um, your brother. Exactly. Yeah. But. And I want to take him with me, too. He loves to travel. Well, I know he might be doing some magic for you. (laughs) We did. We tried. We had a magic kit, and we tried to to learn how to do the magic tricks. And we were both so terrible, so I just taught him how to hustle people out of their money with the little, uh, what do you call it, like the shell game? shell game, yeah. (laughs) I was like, we're not going to be able to do tricks. Let's just trick people out of their money. (laughs) Right. But uh, I want you to think about when you you go full-time that maybe flip your thinking that the money you have from taking care of your brother – is what you continue to pay off debt with, but your mm-hmm. comedy money is what you have to live on. Yeah. If you do that, I mean, you know, Brian Bates, who you know well, and he's gone mm-hmm. full-time, that was kind of his thing, is can I live off my comedy money? Uh, and other comics, when I first started, that was the thing. If I can live off the comedy money, then a side job will help pay off bills or whatever. But once you put yourself in that situation, you look at your calendar, and those those empty spots all of a sudden are like blinking at you. Like, oh, yeah. Book me, book me. Well, and that was a big part of, you know, interviewing a lot of comics who are full time, like especially you, who I thought, oh, I'm just going to have to hustle really hard when I don't have a real job to make sure I can pay, you know, to live. But you and a lot of people said, oh, no, like you're going to have days off and you take whatever work you can, you know, like what you said about cleaning up at a hotel or doing yard work maybe. So that's that's one of the ways I got the idea for, okay, so let's keep this Etsy shop open and let's keep this stuff going. So I always have these little revenue streams coming in. Yeah, you know, and with Uber and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, Airbnb, all those different things, if you can have a little passive, somewhat passive income coming in where you don't have to be on-site doing all the work, but it's rented out or, you know, rental property, like you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got a little rental place. Yeah, yeah we were Kentucky. talking before you started recording. I said, I feel like there's a million moving parts. And then when somebody asks me what I'm doing, it's it's almost impossible to try to explain it and make sense. But yeah, I have a rental property and that I'm trying to um, spruce up a little bit to make some more money off of. So that that would be at least a steady stream. Um, I've also, so I've been writing, you know, this whole time that I've been doing comedy, but in this past few months, I've really stepped it up and gotten serious. And I've actually published a few things for money. Okay. And, you know, I was hoping that that might be a way to pay some bills too, but it's just like comedy. I mean, you, you send out 10 things and it might be six months before you get a response back and another month before you get the check. So um, it's it's great to get published, but at this point, it's that's its own full time job. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I was I was thinking about this on the way over today. If somebody asked me, "What do you do?" or "What are you working on?" Yeah, I would have like thirty five answers, yeah. and I realize I need to have one answer until what I'm working on is done, and then I have mm-hmm. my second answer three months later or three weeks later when they say, "What are you working?" You know, yesterday, I spent time editing videos sending out emails like i've got this thing where i'm marketing myself you know and you know 400 emails twice a week out to different companies and these things and it's really i just need to pick one thing mm-hmm. and knock it out or pick one thing teach somebody else how to do it and pay them to do it for me so i can move on to the next thing oh yeah but i would i would tell you yesterday i probably did 16 different things yeah i accomplished a few of them but uh it's just so hard to like lock into one thing yeah and i think for anybody who's listening um yeah, that's that's a huge part of it. If if you don't want to do that, then 
this comedy is a freelance job. If you're not prepared to promote yourself for eight hours a day and then go and do your comedy for 90 minutes, then you're not going to be able to do it. I don't think, I mean, that's from what I've been seeing. That's, that's what it's really about. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of behind the scenes work. There's more than you would even oh, imagine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, and it, it's, it's all, I guess, you know, I battle with it because I'm like, I'm the only person that can do this. And if somebody mm-hmm. asks me, you know, can you come do a show, send us a price? I need to call that person and have that conversation with them and discuss price and find out where they're at and all these things where, where I need really to train some other people to do that or, you know, have a script basically and let them work off the script and say, you know. An intern. <laughs> yeah, have some kind of variables and just say, you know, forward all those emails over to somebody else. It's mm-hmm. not like I'm getting a 1000 a day, but there's enough to where it's distracting me from what I'm trying to do each oh, day. Oh, yeah. So it's a good problem to have in a way, but it's also very, you know, it's like juggling one more ball than you can keep in the air. You're always bending over, picking something up. Yeah. I mean, I'm always thinking, how can I be more productive? Um, so, yeah, I've, I've been thinking about different things like each day I need to spend an hour doing this and an hour doing that. And I can't look at my phone or check Facebook until the hour is over, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, people looking on, they're like, you're how do you ever sleep? People ask me that a lot now. Do you ever sleep? And I'm like, well, I enjoy doing all this stuff and I am seeing progress. So it's not like I'm just wasting my time. Right. So hopefully it, it does get me somewhere. <laughs> it does. Uh, let's talk a few things about, you know, moving forward, things that you'll need. I'm, I'm pretty sure you've got a lot of these things checked off the list already, but how is your, your web presence? I know you've got a website. Yeah. How about the how about YouTube channel? How many videos do you have up? I have a lot of videos, but I want to make more because I, I made a parody video bef- over the holidays and I love doing that. It was so much work, but it was really fun. And I've got another one written that I need to shoot. But kind of like what you said, like I feel like I have to do everything myself. So I'm starring in it. I'm shooting it. I'm editing it <laughs> and directing it. Right. And yeah, it's it's a little much. So I want to I want to have more YouTube videos because I do characters and then I have the little Cam and Paulina show with my brother. So we do episodes about that. And that's really just for our family. But other people seem to enjoy it. Um, Let's see. Uh, I don't know. I just kind of have a random web presence that I need to focus and zone on zone in on. And this is something that a lot of comics don't think about. And it's something I'm always trying to retool. If somebody this is the question you're going to get all the time. You probably got it already. What kind of comedy do you do? What kind of comedy do I do? That's like my least favorite question, but if you, you sh- what what would you say? My answer based on what people tell me, based on my feedback is that when I do comedy, girls feel like I'm their best friend and guys think I'm really funny. So <laughs> whatever that means, uh, I feel like I'm just one of the girls, I'm your best friend, I'm the cool girl. I don't know, that's a gross thing to say, I'm the cool girl, <laughs> but I, I do feel like I target more toward women, but guys always seem to think it's really funny. They don't they don't say like, oh, that was nice, you know, but they're like, oh, I can't believe how funny you were for a girl. I don't usually like girls. They all, you get yeah. that comment? Oh, of course. Does that drive you nuts? No. You like as long as, love, as long as they like you. I like kind of proving the stereotype wrong, I guess. Okay. Let me go, let me go a little deeper. What, <laughs> what, what is your comedy about? we kind of know what your persona is if guys kind of aren't you know, walking out of the room because you're not funny. You're funny to guys. Yeah. Girls like you. But what's your comedy about kind of? I really do think I try to focus on a lot of uh, women things. I mean, like your body image is making fun of that. 
I talk about my family a lot and my mom, my my family's characters. They're, we're all from East Tennessee and we've, you know, we've just got the hill people blood in us running through <laughs> us. We're a Southern trash, I guess. But um, so that and, you know, my, my brothers, my family, I do like to talk about um, just kind of making fun of the way people treat my brother because he has a disability. I think it's hilarious and I love to make fun of that. And I love to make other people more comfortable with disabilities to let them know that it's okay to laugh. You know, these people have great lives too. Like it's 2016. They're right. not living in, um, you know, mental hospitals. They have great lives now. <laughs> right. It's not the Tuskegee experience yeah. anymore, hopefully. <laughs> Uh, that's cool. So let me ask you this. If you could title your one woman show now. The, the focus for my one woman show is, Hey, I'm 31. I'm not married. And I don't ki- don't have kids. It's 2016. Please convince me on why I should still get married. Okay. That's kind of the whole idea of it is going through the history of, um, wedding traditions and how they came about and why is it still so important today? And it's not that I'm against it, but I just cannot get on that bandwagon. So you're like defending the single woman or the, the, defending the right to be single. I'm not even defending anything. I'm just like, just give me a reason why I should want to do this. Because <laughs> I just have no interest whatsoever in planning a wedding and wearing a wedding dress and making all my friends line up next to me or sign or going out of the courthouse and getting a wedding certificate or marriage certificate. I just... None of that sounds like fun. I would much rather like load the dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this too. So, so you've got a dude, mm-hmm. and you're going to be leaving, going out of town more often than ever before, and hitting the road. Um, apparently, he's okay with not being married too. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's his dream. <laughs> maybe that's his dream, dream date. Yeah. So, uh, how's that dynamic? I'm sure you've talked. Well, I know on the podcast you talked about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does he support you? How's he going to? you know, stay in the loop with you when you're gone. What kind of things have you thought about that? Yeah. So he's really supportive. We've been together 10 years. Um, so we got together when we were 20 years old before we can even legally drink. And so we've grown so much as we've been together. And so we were, you know, talking about it one day and I've been doing comedy for, and we've been together 10 years. And I was like, can you believe I've been doing comedy 40% of our relationship? Does it feel like that? And can you believe I'm still doing it? And what did you think about it? So yeah, the very first episode, I believe, of my podcast, I talked to him and then I talked to my mom. And they're surprisingly more supportive of this than I thought they were going to be. They're really sweet about it. And they think, yeah, you, you got to do this. You got to try it or else you're going to regret it. But anyways, so yeah, people are like, so you're going to be going on the road. Like, where's that going to go? Are you guys breaking up? Like, what does this mean? And for now, our plan is just that we'll keep our home base, our condo where we live now, and he'll continue to work. He is trying to find a job where he'd be able to work more remotely, Mm -hmm. which would be great because then he could go out on the road with me more. And, you know, we could work together and do all that stuff. But, you know, we've we've been long distance before. We've we've had a year where he was still in college and I was out of college. We've had summers apart. I've traveled abroad and he stayed home. So. We're just very, we're a very independent couple, I think. Mm -hmm. We have our own friends and our own interests. And I think that makes us really appreciate when we do have time together. And so, personally, we really don't have a problem with it. Um, So far, so good. I mean, that's not to say it won't change, but I hope it doesn't. 
Yeah. If you're out for six months, you might be like, eh, well, this is, what I, this is not what I plan for. I don't plan on being gone that long. Got I mean, that camper, you might be going. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to go west, you just go west. Right. You know? Yeah. If you got a week off, go to Yellowstone or go to whatever, you know, Grand Canyon. Exactly. Find something cool. Well, that's cool. Now, if you spend time in that camper and campground and stuff, are you going to get like a Wi Fi hotspot? How are you going to do campgrounds? have a lot of wi-fi i don't they know they do that's one of the things that you can research mm-hmm. and figure out which places have the wi-fi i figured if i get really desperate then i might just have to go park outside of a starbucks <laughs> yeah. you know or someplace and you know mcdonald's have wi-fi now all right. mcdonald's actually mcdonald's wi-fi is pretty fast it is it's pretty good so i mean that that would be my you know last effort but then hopefully if i get to a point where i'm making enough money then yeah i can pay for the little hot spot and take it with me and have it all the time. Got it. What, what are your, as you're closing in on it, you know, about halfway there, what are some hurdles you still needed to get past to make this happen? Some of the hurdles. You sound like you're paying off debt pretty good and, and you, and that, and that payoff is pretty predictable because you're taking that money from one job and it's mm-hmm. consistent. Yeah. So, I mean, I know how much money I can make at this job. You know, there's only so many weeks, so many hours in a week. Um, so I know how much I should have and be able to pay off. But then again, you got to remember, I had to get an SUV and then I have to buy a camper. Mm-hmm. So uh, financing those. Hopefully I'll have less debt, less monthly payments. Um, we've gotten rid of cable. We've um, we changed our cell phone plan to save some money on that too. So we're really just looking at everything and trying to figure out what we really need and when you have it, it's strange because I have like this hoarder mentality. I like to keep everything and I feel like I feel like I need everything. But when you have this goal in mind and I think, hey, do I actually need this thing or, you know, this when I'm trying to achieve this goal, then that thing doesn't seem important at all. That's true. You know, once you once you have a goal, anything that doesn't suit, it's just in the way. Exactly. It's in the way. <laughs> it helps you kind of clarify, like laser focus and get, get to the finish line. Quicker. It is. Yeah, it is a laser focus. So now, I mean, I hardly even watch TV except for the X-Files, of course. I'm so Did excited. Did it just come back on? Two with... episodes have come on. There's four more left. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's amazing. the original cast? It is. Yes. Is the smoking man still alive? He was. Yeah. He oh, really? looks really bad, but he's there. <laughs> That's like... So, 10, 10, 15 years ago when that was last on. It was like 2003 or two yeah. when it ended. And then they funny. had a movie in between. But yeah, we can fan fangirl over this later. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So it sounds like you're on track to get uh, get your stuff paid off and get on the road. Uh, I recommend start trying to get some gigs. No, you're right. Up, That's a great idea. It can take, you know, I just had Brian Bates on a couple episodes ago. It took him a year to get in with one booker. Yeah. And so, you know, that, that's a whole year that you don't have any of their gigs on your schedule. And it was a regional booker that was mm-hmm. be really good to get. So start working on that. Um, you know, visit some of the other towns, open mics, Atlanta, you know, has a pretty Definitely. good scene going on. Louisville, if you haven't been up there in I a while. I love Louisville, yeah. Louisville's got that. Uh, Cincinnati has a couple of clubs. They were in Nashville, if you're listening for the first time. So all of these are within a, an easy drive. Mm-hmm. You know, St. Louis, you know, pretty important place to go. Columbus, Ohio, when you're ready, is a place you definitely want to do a set and try to get some work because uh, they're connected to a ton of funny bones. Great, yeah. But you want to be over ready when you go in there. That's the thing is, you know, is just being prepared for when somebody asks for something. So those are some of the things I'm also getting ready, you know, is uh, making sure that my videos are good. Um, one of the things I got asked for was an MC reel. Uh-huh. Have you ever heard of that? 
Well, yeah, I have. And it, I thought, I don't really videotape stuff when I just host things, so I'm going to start doing that. And I made an MC reel, but I definitely need to replace it. Um, acting reel, just in case somebody says, hey, you know, could you be in this or that? I mean, that's you can make a ton of money on commercials or mm-hmm. spots. Uh, so just having your acting reel ready, just having all these videos ready or an album or a resume ready. So I just submitted to um, the NBC late night writers thing. Mm -hmm. And then just all the things, if you can already have your bio in a file, your resume in a file, if you have all these essay questions ready to go, then submitting to these things isn't going to take up your whole week. Yeah. That's a good thing too, to think of anything you've had to do twice, go ahead and have a template for it. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen 10 more times. Um, whether it's replying back to a booking agent, whether it's submitting to something like that, trying to get into a festival, all those things. You know, if you got a Mac, you just save it in your little notes file. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got them kind of keyworded out so they just pop right up. Nice. I copy. I can show you some of those if you want to check that out. But it's just a, a easier way to streamline your time because once you get out there, there's so you'll find, not to be intimidating, but hopefully you'll be working enough to where point a to point b you're traveling yeah and those travel days like we were talking before the podcast if you're in the car for two hours or three hours and you're driving you can't really be on the computer exactly firing stuff back and you really shouldn't be checking your cell phone when you're out there i know it's going to be tempting but man if you just turn that sucker off when you drive uh it's just a bunch of little ticky tack thing comes in over three hours right so when you get there pull into mcdonald's check the email fire it back off stay focused you know don't wreck the big fifth wheel or whatever you got going on because that's that will set your whole thing back. So cool. Sounds like you got everything. <laughs> Not everything, but. <laughs> you got your list together at least. Uh, I was trying to poke holes in your plan to see if I could help you. Oh, there's plenty out, of holes in the plan. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a journey. Things that nobody else can do for you. Things you'll have to learn as you go. Mm-hmm. Sounds pretty good, Paula. <laughs> we'll uh, see. <laughs> you got a few more months before it all kicks in. You guys can check out her podcast. It's Nine Month Drive. It is, yeah. You can find it on iTunes, Podbean. Uh, we'll link to your website on there and your YouTube channel. Anything oh, we, else you want to tell the folks out there? We didn't mention the best part is that I have two pugs that are going to go with me. That's right. <laughs> Paulina is a, a pug enthusiast. I'm a, sorry, I'm knocking your mic all That's over the all right. place. Those little dogs. So uh, I was going to ask you in the middle there, yeah, if, if the if the man gets to keep those at home or split them up or they're both coming with you. I think we'll just kind of uh, trade them off here and there. But yeah, I'd love to take them both. Have you traveled with them before? You think oh yeah, easy traveler. They've they've gone everywhere with me. Hotels, car rides. But they're not particularly guard dogs, though. They are. They bark. Are they loud? Oh, and then I was going to mention too. That's what I'm getting ready to start re- researching and find people is for safety when you're traveling. So that's going to be my next topic. Um, I'm actually thinking about getting a carrying conceal permit mm-hmm. and getting a gun to take with me. But you know, I want to talk to some experts and see what I should do to just keep myself safe while I'm out there. If I'm by myself, it's just such a crazy thing. And one of the big things that I have to remember in this is that I do have this plan written out and I have to remember that it's okay to divert from that plan. Not everything's going to work out the way you think you got to kind of just roll with the punches and do the best that you can. And so I was thinking, I'm not, you know, if I don't go, leave town on you know with a break a bottle of champagne against the back of the camper on june 30th like that doesn't make me a failure um if i leave earlier then that's awesome if i leave a couple weeks later as long as i'm sticking to that plan and i'm progressing i feel like that's where i need to go and i don't want people listening to get frustrated and think that they're not working enough or doing enough like as long as you see improvement and that you're 
you're doing things and you're, you're making those leaps, then that's what's important because a big goal is made up of lots of little tiny goals. And the most important thing for me is to think, um, so I have this goal in mind. It's six, you know five months away. What can I do today to reach that? What can I do this week? What can I do this month? And uh, just just focus on those little steps because those are what gets you the farthest. Exactly, that's really good. It's a great place to wrap up. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm a big believer in goal setting and steps, and that's exactly how I break it down. What can I do today that will chip away at the bigger goal? When does that bigger goal have to be done? Mm-hmm. Because it can't just be a someday goal. It's got to be a certain day goal yes. or else it doesn't get done. Deadlines. And that's the great thing about your nine-month drive is it's, it's got a lot of momentum going in one place <laughs> like a pyramid. started wide and broad, and now it's getting mm-hmm. a narrow focus at the top. So, And I have a checklist. I have all this little website stuff that I'm checking off. Yeah, celebrate victories. You know, one thing I did for a while is anytime I did something, I, I would put up a post-it note of stuff I did instead of stuff I had to do. Yep. So I could look back at the end and go, oh, I did five things today. Not too bad. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Thanks, Paulina, for coming in today. Um, if you guys have any tips for Paulina, when you first started, things that you wish you would have known, please definitely send it to her. I'll, I'll put her links on the show notes. And um, if you've recently gone full-time and you would like to talk about your experience pursuing comedy, give me a holler. I'm going to have some uh, Skype interviews that I can do now because my office now has high-speed internet, <gasps> which it never did until three days ago. Welcome to the millennium. Yeah, I know. Well, I was trying to keep in a funny way, I was trying to keep the internet out of here so I could focus on projects, mm. but now my projects need the internet, and I can't just go back and forth from the house and do them all the time. So anyway, if you'd like to be on the on the podcast, call me up, and we'll maybe get you on the show. Uh, and lastly, if you're not on the Insider Tip Sheet, feel free to shoot me an email, schooloflast at gmail.com. It comes out twice a month. It's got links to all the comedy stories of the past two weeks, every two weeks, and some insider blogs and stuff that you can't get anywhere else. Thanks again, Paulina. Thank you for having me. You bet. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit schooloflaughs.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay funny.